Hello and welcome to the Grow CFO Show. I'm your host, Kevin Appleby, and today I've got Dan Wells with me. Dan's the founder of Grow CFO, as you probably well know. And Dan, before we get started, we've got an announcement. We have, Kevin, and hi, everyone. It's great to speak to you. So, um, so yeah, we are relaunching the Situation Room, which is something we did in the early days of Grow CFO. Um, it's very, very popular, but um, we sort of hit a bit of a, a busy period. So we, we paused it for a couple of months, but we're really pleased to bring it back. So, Dan, what is a Situation Room? Well, the, the Situation Room is basically an opportunity for people to uh, discuss any situation or indeed challenge or issue that they may be experiencing within their role um, or something that is of particular interest to them that they'd like to hear more about. Um, so it's kind of like a, a Q&A session, really, Kevin, where... Um, you can either plant a question in advance by um, commenting against the event to, to raise that question to um, the organizer's attention. Um, or indeed, you can turn up on the day and, and join in, which you'd be very welcome to do. It'd be great. Um, and ask the question live. Brilliant. So we're going to have in, in that room, anybody can turn up because this is this is part of the uh, free rather than the premium community, Grow CFO. Uh, so anybody who's a, who's a member of the wider grow cfo community but 2000 people at the moment can actually join in into the the call and who's going to be in there as well as who who are we going to guarantee is going to be in there because if people want to ask questions we need people to answer them absolutely i mean we expect most of the questions will be relevant to the finance leader community so we're going to make sure that there are experienced cfos in there and who have kind of been there and done it before and we can't guarantee that we'll know the answer to every single question. Um, some we may need to go away and, and indeed ask the wider community who's experienced it before. Uh, but generally speaking, um, there will be uh, one or two members of the Grow CFO management team who between us all, uh, I think last time we checked, Kevin, it was around about 70 years of combined CFO experience. Uh, on, that's, that's, that's making me feel old, Dan. <laughs> you're, you're still young, Kevin, despite your, your big birthday uh, yesterday. <laughs> um, I can't but yeah, tell so, the world about that big birthday yesterday, Dan. I'm trying to keep that quiet. <laughs> <laughs> we won't mention the number. But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> no, so, it's not every day that you're 60, I know. <laughs> uh, happy birthday, Kevin. Um, Thank you, Dan. Uh, but yeah, so there'll be a couple of members of the Grow CFA management team there. Um, but actually, as well, we are hoping that each session we have at least one member of your Grow CFA steering committee. Uh, which is made up of experienced CFOs. Um, and indeed, you know, history tells us from running this in the past that actually we get quite a lot of other experienced people dialing as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So it's going to be the, the usual format. Uh, it's, it's going to be a Zoom call. Um, if you go into the Grow CFO community um, or either directly from the, the website or from your Mighty Networks app on your phone, um, you'll find the situation room in the events section. And we talked about this being a Q&A and we talked about the ability to, to ask the question in advance. So below every event in the Mighty Network is the ability to leave comments. So we thought the easiest way, if you want to ask a question in advance, and let's face it, if you ask a question in advance, we've got more chance to go and look and think about an answer and prepare something. Uh, please just ask the question in the comments. So we're kicking this off on the first one is going to be Thursday, the 5th of November at 12 o'clock. So you can go and sign up to attend in the events section in the community. And Dan and I are both looking forward to seeing you there. 
And we're going to see, well, we say how popular the first one is, but rather than this be a weekly event, we're going to do it probably every two weeks. It's always be on a Thursday. It'll always be at 12 o'clock, but every two weeks. So the first one on the 5th of November, and then gets his maths right. It's been an account. He was never any good at sums. Uh, the next one will be on the 19th of November. So thoroughly looking forward to it, Dan. But that's not what we're going to talk about today, is it? We were, we were talking earlier that uh, there are some interesting challenges in becoming a CFO. Um, and numerous, numerous ways you can do it. So, Dan, let's think about some of those routes that you can have to CFO and what the best one is, if indeed there is a best one, and what the advantages and disadvantages are of each. So, I don't know, we could kick this off. Let's say, well, I remember talking to Andrew Waters three or four weeks ago on the show. And Andrew was talking a lot about internal promotions. Do you think an internal promotion to a, to become a CFO is a, is a good way to get to the job? It's a really interesting topic, Kevin. I mean, I'm not sure whether people want to hear what I think or if they want to hear what the community thinks. But um, we did actually do a, a community poll on this a few months ago. And we had a huge number of responses. And, and actually, we asked people, what do they think is the best route to becoming a CFO? And 52% of respondents said internal promotion. Um, so just over half the people, which, which I certainly found really interesting. Yeah, yeah. So internal promotion. So that probably means you've been um, head of finance, financial controller, something like that, and you've moved up into the CFO role, correct? That's correct, Kevin. Um, so Dan, I know we, we've got, the future CFO training program running, and we must have had over 100 people in there so far. So how does that bear out in, in that community? How many of those folk do you think are looking for that internal promotion route? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question. I mean, we've got about, it's almost 200 now, actually, Kevin. There's been so many Gosh, people I'm losing track <laughs> This is because we're kicking one off every week now rather than every month. That's right. Next week will be number 20 and we have about 10 in each. So, so yeah, yeah. So back to your maths again. It's, uh, it's oh, certainly no. growing I, very, very quickly. I'm never good at maths, Dan. <laughs> Don't um, but yeah, but, but, but back to your question, Kevin. I mean, it's really hard to know. You know, there's a lot of people that certainly think the internal promotion is a great route for them. Um, and I think anyone would be daft to count themselves out of, of that opportunity if it does come along. Um, but there are a lot of people sitting there who maybe are looking at their boss and thinking that they're probably not going anywhere anywhere soon. Um, and so actually they do need to keep themselves open to different options. But um, I would certainly say that the figure of 52% is probably a reflection. You know, it's roughly about half the people thinking an internal promotion is probably their most likely and best route. Um, and the other half are probably thinking they need to move into another business. Yeah, I remember that conversation with Andrew saying, well, actually, one of, one of the problems of the external recruitment situation is that nearly everybody that's coming on looking for a CFO is looking for an experienced CFO. And if nobody gives you that first job, where do you get the experience from? So it's, it is that catch 22, isn't it? But let's take that internal promotion, Dan. Now you've moved up from head of finance. Okay, it's the best route, but it must have challenges. What, what, what are the challenges of doing that, do you think? 
Well, we talk about this a lot in the programme, actually, Kevin. It's, it's one of the modules. And I think one of the big challenges that people have, of course, is that you know, when they're stepping up, they're having to find a replacement for their existing role. Mm-hmm. Um, as you said, many people will be stepping up from financial controller role, but actually some people might have previously been referred to as the head of finance or a finance director, uh, potentially even a, a divisional FD within a sort of a country um, a country lead role or you know, maybe a, a big sort of part of the business. And um, so you know, the first thing I think people really need to focus on is making sure that they fill the role that they're stepping up from um, and get yeah. themselves a really Otherwise, I, I guess that the, the problem is that the questions that you've always been asked in that in that old role, you continue to be asked. You're the go-to person for an awful lot of stuff. So how on earth do you create, unless you get that appointment right, how on earth do you create yourself, your your own space to take on the the top role? I think that's right. And you know, it, it can take a little while to get the right person. Sometimes they, they come from your team and it's kind of almost a promotion for several people concurrently um but actually sometimes you do need to hire in and you know that can take time and and, and people should make sure they take time to get the right person in um, you know, it's always tempting to, to get a clone of yourself rather than someone who you know, might really complement you in terms of different skill sets um, but i think back to your question kevin i think one of the other big challenges people have is um the perception of them from the leadership team because you know actually they need to shake off that perception of them being that junior person um, and really convince people actually you know they should treat them differently now and, and think of them as the number one finance leader in the business who's who's a valued board member yeah i guess the head of finance is sitting there a lot of the time in the back office a lot of the time is the man that's that's managing everybody else in the finance team and making sure that the the mechanics of that back office work the transactional processes work the management accounts get produced on time and suddenly he's got a whole new world of um, how does he become the strategic business partner to the CEO? How does he step up and, and take on the, the much, much more commercial role of dealing with customers and suppliers, investors and so on? So the, the perception of that person is, is going to be a big one. It certainly is. And. And actually, it's interesting what you've described there, Kevin, because a lot of the things you've talked about, you know, what they've probably done up until that point in time is is actually looking backwards, mm. you know, focusing on things that have already happened. Um, and indeed, you know, that certainly would have been the case for the majority of their studies, you know, if they did go down the accounting route, for example. Um, and also, you know, a lot of people have come out of practice in the past, you know, for example, as an auditor. Um, again, a lot of that is is focusing on on the past. Um, so I think people find this a, a real challenge, actually, because you've got all these different dynamics you know, suddenly changing and hitting you at the same time. Um, we find a lot of people in these in this scenario actually really benefit from one-to-one mentoring from someone who's been there and done it before. Mm. And partly it's because they need to learn new skills um, and just really challenge themselves to think about you know, what are the right objectives, what are the right things that they need to be building into their career development plans. And, but actually some of it's about confidence as well, because you know, you, for the first time you'll be sitting there in the boardroom you know, surrounded by these really, really impressive people. Um, often they'll be a lot older than you, they'll be a lot more experienced. Um, and you really do need that sort of one-to-one mentoring to just help you build up that belief and confidence that you are a really valued member of that team that has lots to offer. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I can totally see that. And I guess as well, if you're coming through an internal promotion route, you will know the business very well. You'll know the individuals very well. But you possibly don't have that ability to to compare it with another external organization that you know well and necessarily be able to kind of say objectively, what does my company do well? What does it do badly? What have I got to change? Yeah. So I, I see that mentoring bit definitely there, Dan. But I guess that's not the only route. And yeah, you can go into the external market and you can actually apply for a CFO role. But I think one that we forget about is the startup. Yeah. A startup comes along. You could be the CFO of a startup without ever having applied for the job. And... Um, almost with, with, without having very much experience of being a CFO. You can. I mean, there, there is a classic route that a, a lot of people have, have trodden in the past, which is to try and work your way up in a larger firm and then make that sort of jump into the number one role in a smaller business. Yeah. And, and it's quite interesting, actually, because, again, sometimes it can come back to job titles. Um, you find a lot of people, when they go into smaller businesses, sometimes they'll be labelled as the CFO. Um, but yeah. actually, in, in many instances, those businesses won't necessarily feel ready to have a full-time CFO in place. Yeah. And so you can kind of almost find yourself in a quasi-CFO role where you're the finance leader. You're probably playing an active part on the board. Um, your probably job's... the bookkeeper as well you probably are you, you could well be a one-person team you might be lucky enough to have a you know a bookkeeper underneath you but it can vary um but actually you know when you look at your job description um despite potentially having a, a job title of head of finance or finance director is probably actually very similar to a, a classic kind of cfo job description in a slightly larger firm mm. and that, there's one thing that i like about that startup thing and we've been going through it for the last nine months dan you know, you never quite know what's around the corner and you've suddenly got to adapt and react and and grow very quickly with the business. And personally, I love that. So it's, a, it's an exciting route. It really is, Kevin. And, and as you said, you never quite know what's happening. And you know, we, we've talked to many, many people doing these roles, you know, whether they've got the CFO job title or not. You know, as I say, that they're, they're probably number one in in their finance function and responsible for so many things. Um, and the typical challenges that come up are you know, around that really. Firstly, trying to sort of juggle lots of different responsibilities, many of which they'll be doing for the first time ever. And mm -hmm. um, secondly, kind of just that, that unknown really about what's coming next and, and sort of being exposed to so many new challenges, which you know, individually actually require a, a lot of work and expertise. Um, and then, yeah, I think as you referred to earlier, having a, a small team, you know, probably not much expertise there. And the chances are you you could well be the only qualified accountant in the business. Yeah. And, you, know, actually, you might be the the, uh, the only finance guy in the business to, to being the only qualified guy in the business. Yeah. And I guess the, the challenge is that there is nobody else to talk to about how do you do this? And as you say, you're doing a lot of stuff for the first time. You are. And, and actually, when you think about it, you know, that, that concept of being the co-pilot to the CEO, not only are you doing a lot of stuff for the first time, but actually you know, that has a massive impact on the chances of your business being successful. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of startups will be looking to fundraise. They'll be looking to grow very quickly. 
um, cash management would be absolutely essential. Um, but likewise, you know, being able to provide that confidence to a potential investor that, you know, you guys know what you're doing and, and actually you're the right team to back is, is just so important to the success of that business. Yeah. And, and I've met a lot of startup CEOs. Some are very, very impressive individuals, but there are others that have had a, a great idea. And yeah, it, the idea probably will work, but their, their business skills are sadly lacking. And in that particular set of circumstances, they are heavily leading on a CFO who knows what he's doing business-wise. So it can be a, a bit of a tricky position, that one. But uh, uh, it, it, it certainly can, Kevin. And I think the way you manage the boardroom dynamics is, is very, very difficult. I mean, it, it clearly depends, as you said, on the personalities and the types of people and level of experience that they all have. Um, but actually, you know, chances are you're working for someone who wants everything done yesterday. They want to move, you know, really ambitiously and, and capture the opportunity that they've set the business up to achieve. Um, and, you know, your, your job often is to challenge them and just make sure that they're being realistic and doing things that are right for the business to ensure your continued survival and that that can be very difficult and you know knowing how to deal with those situations knowing how to influence people and it really just give that kind of unique financial and risk management perspective that you have um, is such an important part of the role yeah it needs a strong character because you're, you're often coming up with ideas that are, are trying to put some sort of um, so framework around a, a lot of, a lot of um, you know, slapdash is the wrong word, but you know what I mean, Dan, in terms of the way things get done on the hoof in a startup. And the, the finance guys, they're trying to, to pick up the pieces as they, they rush forward at 100 miles an hour and, and, and put some sort of uh, framework, some sort of stability around it all. And it's, it's quite a task. And I suppose another way you come through that startup, though, Dan, is as a more junior finance person. And I know a lot of startups that haven't had a, a CFO in the first instance. And there's a, there's a board of directors, a leadership team that's probably a CEO, a COO, maybe a techie guy. And they've formed the business because they've come up with the idea together. They know each other, therefore they're the directors. And they realize they need an accountant behind the scenes. So there's somebody much more junior in a, maybe more of a financial controller role. I suppose one way into CFO is have that financial controller role and be there and say, hey, guys, look at me. You need a CFO now. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's a really interesting route because you do, you do see a lot of people go down this route. And again, you know, we've got a, a lot of people in the Future CFOs program who are currently sitting in that kind of role in a, in a startup business that's kind of moving towards a scale up. And a lot of the challenges are quite similar to, you know, what we talked about before, trying to do it, you know, maybe in a, a slightly more developed firm, but but still in a you know, relatively small finance function. And I think I think the biggest difference here, of course, is that you are kind of at the mercy of, of the success of the business and you can do the best job in the world. But ultimately, you are relying on the business to grow to be able to justify you know, moving you into a CFO role, role going forward. Yeah, there's no guarantee that's going to happen. Yeah. Definitely not, especially at the moment. I mean, I, you know, I, I can think of quite a few people in our program who um, actually felt they, they did a really good job, but for one reason or another, the business just didn't quite deliver its targets. And 
and ultimately in the end their role kind of just evaporated and they had to move on but you, you also get a situation down in the current climate where the business is contracting because of the climate but actually the the need for the finance guy to take a major role in the strategic management of the business becomes greater at the same time because you you've got to react so quickly to possibly a brand new business model that's right kevin i mean certainly you know on the strategic side we've seen cfos more involved in the past probably six to nine months than than certainly i can remember mm-hmm. um, and and certainly you know taking on a lot more operational roles within the business as well and um, you know I, I think it's it's quite well well sort of established now for cfos to get involved in areas of payroll and hr and you know sometimes things like legals and so forth uh, but actually you know during the pandemic we've seen um, cfos actually get involved in things like real estate planning workforce planning and the whole procurement side of things you know, negotiations um, and a whole range of different business activities that maybe you know, previously they would have had other people looking after yeah yeah I suppose another role, Dan, it's interesting because we, we were talking about this one in the Grow CFO welcome session on Friday with, with a, an older first time CFO um, who essentially was a, an accountant in practice, number of clients, small businesses, but a couple of his clients growing quite quickly. And he became effectively part time finance director in there. So that's another very, very interesting routine that you're you're jumping over from from being a practicing accountant to being a finance director. Yeah, it's a route I've been talking to a lot of people about recently, actually, because I think traditionally a lot of people would start in practice for maybe 10, 15 years, then they'd move into senior finance roles in full time positions, do kind of two or three of those and, and then probably more towards the back end of their career, they'd start thinking about a, a part-time FD or sort of portfolio FD role across sort of somewhere around two to three different clients. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually what we're seeing now, Kevin, is that's becoming a bit more of a career path from early on. Yeah. Um, and I've asked quite a number of people, you know, why is that? Because it has been a big shift in recent years. I, I think it's, it's partly driven by the fact that there's so many entrepreneurial businesses out there now who are kind of at scale-up phase who... You know, for them, a part-time FD is kind of the ideal person when they're not quite ready for a full-time CFO. Um, but actually, I, I asked you know, whether there was anything else out there which was leading to more people doing this. And, and what people said to me is when you're doing those part-time FD roles, the chances are you're being brought in to deliver a big sort of strategic initiative. Um, and that's why they suddenly need you. Um, so actually, you know, you're pretty much guaranteed a, a really good bit of experience within that role, which will add to your CV quite early on in your career. Um, and, you know, if you compare that to someone who maybe takes a, a full time CFO role sort of quite early on in their career, um, that person could sit there for quite a number of years, you know, hoping that you know, a big exit event happens or they get involved in a successful private equity fundraise or whatever it might be. Um, but often, you know, that doesn't necessarily happen if you're just in one firm. Um, you could get lucky, you may not. Um, whereas if you're in a part-time FD role across a number of businesses, the chances are that you're getting really good experience across each of them at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess that if if you are in practice, you know, vacancies will come up for the finance person within your client's organisations. 
Um, I've seen it a few times when, when I've been in practice and I've seen people jump into those roles. They're not necessarily CFO roles to start off with, but they've got all of the possibility to be expanded into those that sort of roles. It's, yeah. Has that path ever tempted you, Dan? And having, having been a partner in the big four, has it ever, temp ever tempted you to jump ship and be a CFO in a client? Well, Kevin, I, I had a couple of clients' comments into sort of fairly senior finance function roles. And, and indeed, yeah, a number of my colleagues at sort of partner and director level did as well. And um, so, yeah, so I mean, I certainly I, I tried a couple out. I think for me, in the end, it wasn't the, the route or the opportunity I wanted at that time in my career. Mm. Um, but I've seen a number of people do it and actually... You know, it can it can elevate you into that role really quickly because you know, you've got some senior partners in your firm recommending you to go and do that role um, and often that will get you roles and salaries that maybe you couldn't get in the sort of open market mm, yeah yeah absolutely and I suppose I've thought of it once or twice and I the thing that always gets me personally is there's a there's a kind of boredom factor with routine that's that's what that's why I've always liked consulting projects because you 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 go and you you become part of the client for maybe three months or six months you sort the project out you really do work with them understand the business but then you say at the end of six months right that's it I'm moving on to the next project and that that's always given me a huge amount of new motivation to do that just as you kind of getting into the client's way of doing things and effectively going native and no, you can jump off and you can, you can go do something completely different. So, yeah. yeah. So um, it's definitely a different model, isn't it? With pros yeah. and cons. I mean, the, the day rate will probably equate to more than an annual salary and you may get slightly more flexibility, but at the same time, yeah, you probably don't get a, an equity share of a big transaction and, you know, yeah, exactly. roles can suddenly dry up quite quickly so I think it's it's a different it's a different model for someone maybe with a slightly different mindset from wanting to do a full-time yeah. salary role yeah and we, we've talked about all of that Dan without ever talking about the go find a recruitment agent and uh, start looking for that that headhunter to find you the role does much of that happen these days we've talked about all these different routes and uh, I know an awful lot of roles are just sorted out purely by networking. Um, what do you think the percentage of folk that find that first CFO role through that, that old-fashioned recruitment route actually is these days? Oh, I, I wouldn't want to speculate on the percentage, Kevin, but I, I do know that yeah, there's still obviously a, a massive role out there for recruiters and headhunters. Um, and actually, I think... The, the biggest shift nowadays is is actually probably get less people applying for advertised roles. I think I think you're probably more likely to get a firm um, go and hire a headhunter to effectively scan the market for the right kind of people. Um, so those roles might not necessarily ever be advertised. It might just be a case of the headhunter, you know, looking at certain parameters or word searches um, within LinkedIn to see who crops up and, and then trying to shortlist a number of candidates to take through a process. Mm, yeah. Um, certainly, I, I know various colleagues of mine who I've been in a, a kind of mentoring position with, and they've said, oh, Kev, I've had this headhunter on the phone about this role. What do you think? And it does seem to happen a lot of the time that, that roles aren't advertised and people are approached. 
Um, certainly Appleby Jr. has had that two or three times. I'm not sure if that's how his current position actually emerged, but uh, we've, we've had that conversation on a number of occasions. This kind of, Dad, what do you think about this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think certainly the lessons I'm hearing from the um, participants in the cohorts program is that you know it's really important to make sure your LinkedIn profile does you justice, um, yeah. not not just in terms of keeping it up to date, but also in terms of the activity and the things that you're posting on there, um, because actually most people only tend to do this when either they're in between roles or they're desperately looking for something. Um, which actually can be quite a difficult time to really promote yourself to somebody. Um, whereas if you're, if you're doing it the whole time, in particular when you're doing a really good role, that's your kind of opportunity to really show off what you're doing and, and impress other people to want you even more. That's the hardest lesson, actually, I think, to learn about marketing yourself. You only ever really think about marketing yourself when you need that next role. You should be marketing yourself when times are good this is this is true as a business owner as well you should be marketing yourself when they when the order book's full not when the order book's empty marketing yourself when the order book's empty just looks like desperation in my view <laughs> absolutely i mean I'm, I'm a big believer you've got to play to your strengths and when things are going well for you you know you've, you've got to do it in the right way but that's the time to make noise and you really show what you're doing and and then actually that's probably when you're most likely to get snapped up by somebody else so interesting as this podcast gets um gets released thursday morning 7 30 later on today imagining it is thursday now dan i know we're recording this a couple of days before um i'm actually running a webinar along with andrew waters to i think it's the first 10 cohort groups and we're talking about exactly that point branding yourself and networking in particular looking at how do you use linkedin to your advantage so that's that's going to be a, a fascinating session i think i know i've spoken to andrew and andrew's got some really really good branding points to bring out and uh, there's a there's an awful lot you need to know about linkedin that doesn't first meet the eye yeah. you post on linkedin People say, who's this posting? They click through to your profile. So your profile needs to be a sales page. But uh, never mind. If you're in a cohort, you'll find out an awful lot more about that when you come to do the workshop with Andrew and I the next time we do it. <laughs> That's right. I think we've already got around 60 to 70 people signed up from the first 10 cohorts, which is great. And, and you know, there'll be a recording available to those premium members as well. So really looking forward to that session. Yeah. So... Dan, we're kicking off those first time, those, sorry, those future CFO cohorts every week at the moment with 10 to 15 people. So if you're not currently in Grow CFO and you're interested in that, and go across and have a look on our website at growcfo.net. And there's a, there's a page on there that talks about the whole program, that talks about the online self-paced learning that you can do around the nine modules in there talks about the cohorts and how they work um yeah and if you want to get in touch with dan or myself and talk about it but dan that we talked about mentoring as well it's, that's you've actually managed to land that cfo role and it's it's a real challenge so how does how does the mentoring side of this work 
Well, so mentoring, I mean, it can be for either people who are trying to get support in in making that journey across into the role for the first time, or indeed, as you said, Kevin, people that have landed the role and, and really need help to make a big impression and, and you know, be very impactful from early on in that new role. And so we've got a selection of really experienced mentors who have all sort of been there and done the role many years over. Um, and the way it works is that people can decide um, who they want to have as their mentor based on the experience that they've got and the sort of cultural fit that you have when you connect to them. Um, so if people are interested, they should come to us and tell us a bit more about what it is you're looking for or, or any specific reasons why you want mentoring. Um, we, we've kind of got um, a set sort of idea of the types of things that typically come up that people need help with. So we've got a program that we can happily work through with you. Um, but alternatively, it's completely open for you to um, design it to um, to whatever you need it for as well. So we cover a lot on the personal side of things, making sure that you, know, you feel really confident and resilient to, to be out there and achieve your full potential. Um, but at the same time, it's focused on a number of different areas of the role. Um, most people, they go for monthly sessions um, of about an hour each. You can do 90 minutes, but most people do monthly um, for an hour and they feel that's kind of the right level of frequency to you know, really have deep meaningful conversations each time. Mm. So the best way to do that Dan I guess is you know, join up to the free network, um, join the community. Once you're in the community you can you can chat one-on-one -on -one to myself, to Dan, to Catherine, to Stuart or two of our main mentors and to, to other folk and uh, Mentoring is a is a very personal thing, so you you need to get to know know the potential mentor. There's a chemistry element to this, isn't there, Dan? So, you know, it's about know, like, and trust, isn't it? So, come in if you if you're thinking about mentoring, come in and join GrowSFO. Get to know some folk and see if you like it. That's right, Kevin. And you know, we recommend that people have a, a half an hour introductory session with one or two of the mentors that they like to look of based on the, the profiles from their website. Um, just to, as you say, really sort of check for that cultural connection and make sure that you feel confident they are the right person for you. So Dan, we've covered some interesting stuff today. We've, we've looked at five or actually six different routes to becoming a CFO. We've, we've looked at that internal promotion We've looked at being the CFO of a startup. We've looked at being the finance guy in a startup who's not the CFO. And because this, the startup's growing, managed to grow into that role. We've talked about uh, being a, a divisional finance director and then perhaps moving up. Uh, we've talked about the, the portfolio CFO, the part-time finance director role. And maybe that has been more of a profession these days rather than as a an end of the career and we've talked about the route in through a headhunter so now, there are lots of different ways we can see different pros and cons of each and that's really why we've designed the future cfo program the way we have it i think we're picking up all of those uh pros and cons of each of those and looking to to lift people's skills to cope so, Dan, fascinating. Thank you very much. Uh, so, so yeah, we, uh, as, as we said earlier, we're really looking forward to seeing people in the situation room. Uh, but if people have got any questions on anything, then, then feel free to give me a call. And you know, I, I love talking to people to see how we can help. 
Brilliant. Dan, that has been great. Thank you very much. And once again, if you want to know more, come on across to growcfo.net and join the community. No cost to join in the community. And there's 2,000 other CFOs or future CFOs in there already. People just like you. Thank you. Thank you very much. See you soon. Thanks.